Okay, so on this episode of the podcast, I am back with Tyler Lee. I had him here uh, on the last episode where we were talking about his businesses, his his uh, how he did what he did, and um, how leadership lessons and entrepreneurial lessons, and it was awesome. But now we're going to have him talk about he's running for Congress, and we want to know why. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants. One management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so Tyler, we're back. Thank you for joining me yet again. Um, And you said uh, that you're running for Congress. And from what I saw online, you had hashtag, I think enough is enough. Enough is so, enough, right? So tell me about that. What What's what's causing you to run other than enough? I mean, tell me about the enough and just let, let, I'll let you speak rather than try to lead you a particular way. You tell me. Well, thank you for having me. I, uh, I tell you, last year, COVID, the line in the sand for me last year, that was crossed was when the government shut down churches and small businesses, but they left open strip clubs and abortion clinics and liquor stores. And our own governor here in North Carolina said, well, we we need to leave the ABC stores open because people need to cope with this pandemic. Yet you're going to shut down the churches and, and keep people out of community. And that just didn't sit well with me. I thought it was very hypocritical. I don't think the government should determine who's essential and who's non essential and uh, and have that right. And so that that's what that's that's why I said enough is enough. I'm going to step up. I'm leaving the business world behind. Uh, we the people are not being represented in D.C. These corrupt, these career long politicians, they they care about themselves. They care about their buddies and lining their own pockets. And I'm just tired of the corruption. And so it's time to take a stand. And, and I see many others around the country are doing the same, whether it's on a local level or state level. But I'm being called to run for United States Congress. Okay, so let's do this. You don't have a background in government itself. Tell us what your background is. For the past decade, I've been a business owner. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've, I've had the vision for businesses, and then I execute on that. And so running for Congress is similar. Now, it's, a, it's on a larger scale, but it's like starting a, a, a business. And so it's about, as I shared in the previous podcast, putting the right people around you. To, to help you win, to help you get there, because I don't have all the answers. I've now been doing this for five months. I've been learning the political realm, but it's a lot to learn in a short amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. Okay. So was it really just COVID or was it, was this something that has been in the back of your mind or is it really just the last couple of years that have made you go, you know what, this, this has to change. You know, while I was in college at Liberty, uh, when, when we were in class together, there were there were moments where I thought maybe one day in my life I'll run for politics. But well, I, I hope that I I help put salt in your mouth. Yeah. Because, and if you if you didn't know, uh, you, so you know the the whole uh, uh, question was uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it uh, drink. But you can put salt in its mouth, right? <laughs> so I I hope somewhere along the way when you were in class, and if you don't know, if you uh, haven't listened to the earlier podcast episode where he was talking about what he's done in business. Uh, we were talking about our background. Uh, Tyler was in my class back in 2006, and uh, it was a free market, a constitutional government and free enterprise. 
class. That that's where we we uh, knew each other from, uh, and so I'm glad that to see that this is where you are. I mean, this is this is good. Both sides, both the business side, because that gives you some sense about how to actually run the government, as well as the governmental side. I'm glad that, that you're going down that path. So I, I'm sorry with the interruption, but back to you with the. So you thought about it there, but. I, I just, you know, Tyler's timeline doesn't always add up to what, what God wants of you. So <laughs> I, uh, I thought maybe later in life, I'll, I'll, I'll run for politics. I'll dabble in it. But with the way the country's been going the last 18 months, uh, has just, just watching all the chaos and the evil overrun our country, yeah. uh, it, it, it's, it's time to, to get rid of the people that, that just don't have our best interests. You know, many of these politicians, they are so obsessed with power and greed and, and money, and they want to play the role of God. So they're trying to remove God from everything. And so that's what we're up against. It's not a it's not against flesh and blood. This is a battle against the spiritual evils of the world. And uh, and so God called me to do this. Um, I know that this is my new calling. I've, I've I've burned the ships. I've left the business world behind. This is my full time focus. Um, I, I know this is what he's called me to do. And as I shared in the previous podcast, which if you didn't listen to, go check out. Uh, he, the, I know that this is, this is where my future, my future lies. And I've, I've, I have to cut out the distractions and the noise because there are people that say, well, you've never been in politics. How are you going to pull this off? But I've heard that for the last decade and every, every, everything else I've done. And so we are, I'm, I'm going to hustle harder than everyone. I don't have a family. I don't have a kids, kids. And so this is a full-time focus and we will, we will work out strategize and win. That's, that's our goal. And that's what we're going to do. And, and uh, we'll see where it leads. So you, you said you're talking about power. Now people get to Washington and they, you know, their Mr. Smith goes to Washington and then they get corrupted. What's going on there? Why does that happen? Because I don't think they've taken care of, they, they've taken care of the core issue prior to going to DC, right? I mean, pride, pride gets a lot of people. And, but it's about the last five months have taught me a lot. I've laid the groundwork to prepare me to go to DC. So I have two gentlemen around me that are, that regularly hold me accountable. We meet weekly. So it's all about being vulnerable. So you have got to lay the groundwork ahead of time. Many of these people don't do that. And the, the enemy will, will find your weaknesses and he'll attack. So you have to know the strategy. You have to know what the enemy is going to come at you with. And so I know where those, those weaknesses are. And so I've had to ramp up my, my boundaries and put the right people around me um, in my church, my friends, uh, you know, they, they have access to me and, and know where they can. They've been given permission to speak into my life and say, hey, you need to watch out for this or I see you're doing this. It's all about being vulnerable and open. So That's right. going back to your 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 question, many people go to D.C. because they want the title. They want the money. Um, and, and so they haven't taken care of that 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 core in them. You know, they're they're obsessive. That's their those are their idols. And for me, I just want to represent people. I love people. I care for people. I'm looking out for our future generations. Um, I, I want to help steer the ship back in the right direction. I'm certainly not going to be be the one that changes it or, or can turn an entire government around, right? But as people step up, others follow 
And so my ultimate goal is to encourage others in future election cycles to say, hey, he came out of the private sector. He was successful. How did he do that? And I want to help people join me in government, uh, you know, and, and run for office. And then we'll start turning this turning this ship back in the right direction. But it's it's going to be a lot of work. It's you know, we're up against pure evil right now. Yeah. So you answered the question. Um, in an awesome way. I've never known a, let's say, let's use a, in the business world, a CEO that uh, to be on the level or even good if they eschewed accountability. Like the guys that are trying to not be held accountable by their board or by anybody else around them, they all, I, my spidey senses go up and I see that. And you said exactly the opposite. You were saying, look, I've, I've welcomed accountability into my life. And you have to. Lord Acton talked about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his next line was? His next line was great men are only when you say talk to great men, like influential men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. And again, it goes back to that accountability issue that you just talked about how like, so you're thinking through, uh, look, I'm, I'm not only going to go there and say promise these things, but here, I'm trying to keep myself uh, in check so that this doesn't go wrong. Okay. So tell me now more, not just about you, but about policy, specific policy issues that are, like you said, there's great evil. I would agree. We're running off the rails. I mean, when I look around, just about every index that I, that I hold dear has gone the wrong direction in the last year or so. So tell me what, you know, policy issues, what are uh, big pieces of focus for you? What, what are your platform planks? Well, what the people are asking for right now, and again, unless it goes against my morals and values, you know, I'm, I'm here to represent the people. Uh, so, so what they want currently, what we hear are, is election integrity. If, yeah. if, we, if, we, <laughs> if, yeah. if, if the other yeah. side continues to steal elections, well, we're, we're doomed. That's so right. we have to get a hold of that. Voter ID is a, is, is, a, is, a, is a big topic right now. And certainly the balance in that is I don't, as the federal government, I do not want to tell the states how to run their elections. So where, where, where I balance on that is I'll push for voter ID on our federal elections. The states can certainly decide what they want to do, you know, on their, right. on their state and local if they want yeah, to, yeah. I mean, if, if you believe that something has like so, there's a continuum, right, all the way from the election was stolen to nothing happened. But when the rules changed, and different states, like okay, the legislator ha- legislature has the right to change the, the rules, but a governor just made an edict. Where, how fair is that? How was it? And it, it leads to all kinds of questions. Let alone. Uh, were things mailed in that shouldn't have been mailed in or stuffed or right? Or was it electronically? You, we have to get a handle on that or we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah. So that's the, that's the biggest thing to ensure that we can win elections. And, and look, if you can, if you're on the other side and I, I, you know, I'm happy for you. If you, if you can win, I just want you to win um, fairly. That's right. That's exactly right. If, if you can't win at the ballot box, then you should check your, your platform and maybe your, your, your messaging isn't working. You shouldn't have to steal an election and steal your way through. But that's what's going on. It's, it's, it's so corrupt. Uh, it's, it's not a secret that elections are stolen. They have been for many decades um, in different parts of the country. And so we've got to get a hold of that. 
the other one is the border crisis. Uh, that, that's a that's a hot topic right now. And I have personal experience with that. When I owned my rental properties, I had a, a, a husband and wife pass away. They overdosed on fentanyl. 90% of fentanyl is being tracked back to the border. These cartels are bringing fentanyl over. We're allowing it. And you know, there's, there's terrorists coming through. We have local sheriff's office breaking up ISIS camps and you see the danger that's coming across the border. And I'm, and I'm all for immigration. I want people to come to America. There's a reason people come to America. We just need to know who they are. They need to come through legally. And the sad part about it is when people come through legally, they know more about American history than our own children do now, because our children are not being educated. They're being indoctrinated. Yeah. I don't even know which, which question to ask because you raised a number of them in my mind, but we could talk for hours. There's hundreds. (laughs) When you were talking about the border crisis, I was watching an interview where the former head of the border, whatever was talking about how we've, we've had, so we, we have this idea like, Oh, it's just Mexicans going over the border. It's just central Americans going over the border. And the left will then look at and say, well, you're a racist because you oppose it. No people from North of a hundred different countries are streaming over that border. Right. That was shocking to me. So, okay. So you need to do something about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you can't control your border, what what country do you have, right? So, okay, so um, what other issues do are, you know are near and dear to your heart that you want to you know like if you have to plant your flag, it's going to be on this, th- that, and the other thing. What what are the big issues? Other other things that you haven't talked about? Well, certainly, inflation is getting out of control. We are spending more money than we have. We've got to get our budgets under control. It's it's just common sense. I mean, if you spend more than you make, you're going to be in the hole, and we that that's negatively impacting our wallets right now. You know, you look at gas prices, you look at food prices, you look at food shortages. So then prices are going to rise when there's no food on the shelves. Everything's rising very quickly, and and we expect to see that you know 2022 is going to be worse and you just and so watch what will what'll happen with the supply chain being jacked up as it is right um and christmas coming down the pike the mm-hmm. oil spill i understand in california was because of all the cargo ships out there they one of the anchors hit the pipeline and <laughs> so we're just ca- having this cascade of different problems because of inflation so you're absolutely right to make that a high priority So those are the top three issues that I hear from citizens currently. And and what I've learned is people just want, I don't have to do the talk and I just listen. That's all I I need to do is sit there and listen. And I am a voice for them. When I go to DC, I'm a voice for them. And I know politicians say that, but I trust me, I would rather stay in the private sector than, than, than dabble into politics. This, you know, that's it's, and, and I love what I'm doing. I love this ability, but but I tell you, these politicians, they don't look out for us. They don't they don't talk to their people and they don't listen to what they want. They look out for their buddies in D.C. or, or you know, lobbyists and what they want. And, and that's where the disconnect is. And that is what why I feel like I'm supposed to run for Congress is because I want to be the voice for the people. And whatever whatever they tell me they want, again, if it doesn't go against my morals, I'm going to lead the charge and 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 be a representative for them. Um, yeah. this, you're, this, you're, this is what I'm called to do. Yeah, you were talking earlier about uh, 
uh, lack of experience. Well, of course, you didn't have any experience. None, no congressman had experience before they were congressmen, right? I mean, by by uh, definition, um, I would have thought. Now, I I understand. I'm, I was given uh, Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt, right? When he was talking about how, look, it's time to come together. I'm going to be the president of all uh, of all America. And while I am a die-in-the-wool conservative, I've always been on that, that side of the fence. I was like, hey, look, I hope he lives up to that. And he, he's turned out not to be. But I was really surprised by this. You would think that someone with his years of experience would have uh, would be masterful uh, at, at moving the levers of government. And it's been disastrous. So... <laughs> I don't know what to make of the disastrousness of how when you have almost 50 years in government. Um, but I can tell you, you can do a whole lot better than that. <laughs> and so uh, uh, rolling the dice on somebody with no experience that has experience in the business world uh, seems like a, a pretty good suggestion to, to my mind. Well, you'll know, you, you know, you'll be known by your fruits. You can look at somebody's past. Right. What has Joe Biden done in the 46 years that he was in office? Can can any can any of his supporters name anything? I'd love to know. Um, and and so what Joe's masterful about is is lining his buddy's pockets, uh, being in bed with China. That's what he's masterful about. He knows the game. He's been bought and he's been bought off. And so that's why you saw a disastrous pullout at Afghanistan, because it was not about Americans. It was not about our troops. It was about money. China, China was had the rights to the to the mineral rights there. It's all a money deal. That's all they cared about. And so that's what Joe's good at is is, is lining his pockets, lining his son's pockets, lining the, the CCP's pockets. That that that's what Joe's good at. So, you know. Again, if you look at my history, I've been blessed with with a uh, with a the last ten years in the business world. My my character, my fruits, they show that I'm capable of of uh, of being a a good representative for the people. And so that's how you have to judge somebody. That's why I don't understand why people listen to some of these politicians. They just get up there and say what people want to hear, and they just continuously get voted in the office. I just don't get it. And then they get there and they do the exact opposite of what they said. And then in two, four, six years, whenever they run again for another office, they just say what people want to to hear. And then they go against everything they said. And like Trump or hate Trump, the one thing Trump did was when he said something, he actually Mm. followed through with it. I don't think there's anybody that can deny that on either side. No, he's very polarizing, but he followed through with his promises. He did. That's absolutely correct. Okay, so since you raised that, I want to hear. So you had these top three uh, platform items. What are you going to do with it? I mean, like, how will you have an impact on the uh, on these issues? So um, just let's go back through them and like, what can you do to, I don't know, write the right law or write the ship somehow? (laughs) What do you do when you get there? Well, again, I want to present present this opportunity to people that say, well, I don't think I can run for office. I don't have the money. I don't know how to. So I want to be able to encourage people to join me. So this will not be an overnight process. This is going to be many future election cycles down the road. And and so the ones that are in office, I know a few of them that are, that are the good guys now and women. Um, they need help. They want backup. And there's a young congressman named Madison Cawthorn out of, out of North Carolina. Madison said, I need backup. So 
I intend to work with Madison on, on issues and, and we have other great congressmen and women around North Carolina that we know. And, and so it's certainly just getting everybody unified, getting all these corrupt people out that, that don't care. And that's just going to take time. We're going to have to be transparent, bring that to light and, uh, and go against the grain here. And we'll certainly be attacked probably by our own party and, and the other side. But uh, we just we have got to start representing the people. I love the I love the way that your mind works as a businessman and the way that you answered the question wasn't the policy, but the the people and, you know, the leadership institute in D.C. talks about personnel as policy. That's exactly right. You get the right people in in there to make the right decisions. They'll start healing the process. But the opposite is also true. Okay, not what are you specifically going to do? Let me ask you a different question. How how do, do these things get fixed? So let's take the border. OK, not what you specifically how you will specifically vote, but what, what could you do to fix whatever is going wrong down there? Well, the border is a national security issue. Okay. And if you read the Constitution and study the Constitution, um, really, the federal yeah. government overreaches in everything. But but one of one of our priorities is national security and ensuring the states have have free enterprise among each other. And um, we I'll fund the border wall, I'll fund our, our military. Um, to ensure that our national security is is ramped up, so that's what I can do is vote vote for those items. Yeah. Um, I understand we're paying under. I understand we're paying contractors millions of dollars a day to not work. It which just, I, I find <laughs> I find is mind boggling. Like, how do I get into that business? Is my first thought, and then my second thought is shame on you. Don't think that. <laughs> well, that's amazing. The people that say you can't take business principles into government, I don't understand that because, again, it goes back to if you spend more than you make, it doesn't matter if you're in government, if you if you run a church, if you run a nonprofit, name it's all it. the same. It's all the, it's the same yeah. principle. So we we have unless got, you're in the government. <laughs> in I mean, which case, so the people that are saying that, to my mind, are people that don't understand business because if you understand business. You recognize what a valuable skill set this is that you're bringing to the table um, to actually write the ship. So, and, and it's all about negotiating. I mean, Trump Trump harped on that. I'm a you know expert negotiator. You you have to be able to find how it's not what I can get out of this. It's what all parties can get out of. And I feel like the Republican Party just bends over for everything that Democrats want. And we yeah. just keep going so far to the left and and things are just getting so out of control we've got to start holding our ground and right. and, and making it a win for for everyone but uh but it's they're not even talking neither side talks to each other right now and, it, and it's sad but i'll i'll give you a story one of my the first events that i ever went to was a school board meeting down in union county here near charlotte and one side was the Republicans and one side was the Democrat. The sidewalk literally split both sides. And uh, I'll tell you how the thinking in politics goes. So I'm there like, hey, why don't you guys, I'm sure there's some common ground. Why don't you guys talk to each other? So I walked over to the other side, the media is standing behind me and I walk over to the other side and I said, hey, what are you here for? And they told me, and I said, well, it sounds like you pretty much agree with what they're saying over there. Have you ever just gone over and talked to them? I said, no, we were thinking about it, though. I said, all right, well, cross the sidewalk and just go talk to him. I'm, I'm sure you can find some common ground. What did they do? They five, 10 minutes later, they thought more on it. And then they walked over and they started talking. And I thought if that's how I can slowly begin this change in America, get people talking to each other, 
And we just increase that on a larger scale, get, get people talking to each other, find out what they care about, you know, what, what, what their heart desires. And of course the experts in the political realm were like, the media is right behind you. You know, if they see you talking to that side, you're going to lose your base and they're going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, this is the problem in America. This is your way of thinking people. If people would just talk to each other and hash some of this stuff out, I think we'll find some common ground because what's happening is, is the government and these elites, they want people to stay divided. They pit That's right. each other, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, masked versus unmasked, BLM. They use every summer, there's an issue that, yeah. that, that they use to pit people against each other because they do not want people to be unified. And, and, and it's so, fascinating. It's fascinating because like, so I had a, a conversation at the pool with, with a friend of mine, right? And we're sitting there just watching the kids play and we're comparing notes with what we see on TV about how divided everything is and what we see in our local community at the pool, right? People are getting along. People are okay. It's not marching your neighbor. It's calling each other names. It's, I mean, it's something totally different. Now, there is a difference between worldviews. And I think, honestly, uh, we need people like you in office because uh, conservatism is on the run. I mean, culturally and politically, people that have held up conservative ideas are just like abandoning it and running away. No, (laughs) hold that in place. Um, Now, there's this really interesting quote by Edmund Burke. He said, a disposition to preserve and an ability to improve taken together would be my standard of a statesman. Now, conservatives tend to do a good job with the disposition to preserve. And sometimes they hold a little bit too much to the status quo because of that. And liberals are really good about the I'm trying to improve by their definition of improve, but they forget about the preserve. How do you do both simultaneously? What liberals are are good at is is taking a a truth and spinning it with just adding just a little a little lie to it. And they just keep pushing farther and farther um to the left to to, they they just want to to divide people um and keep people divided whereas we want to unify people and and preserve that um the democrats say they're the party of love but they don't they don't show that they just they just use organizations like black lives matter to keep people divided and 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 i'll use this example last summer black lives matter well i that movement came because the, the black community was just looking for, for something. And so the Democrats used, used that, that organization, but that organization goes against family and biblical values. But, but using the name Black Lives Matter is brilliant because who's going to say, no, I don't disagree that Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, so they use those, those titles, they use those names or they change definitions of words. So they're, they're very good about that. But if you look at it, they are still about discriminating and, and, and segregating. They use that with critical race theory, teaching children, teaching children about being oppressed versus the oppressor. That's another topic that, that we're seeing taught in our schools now is critical race theory has become big. So, uh, but last summer, we, Charlotte, essentially the politicians and, and the elites just let Black Lives Matter and Antifa burn down the city. Um, or try to at least and tear up the city. And why do they do that? Why does the media run with that? Because there, you know, there's there's probably three dozen instigators, but there's thousands of spectators there. 
But these three dozen instigators, they, 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 they throw things at the police and then it disrupts the crowds and it looks like chaos. And then the media runs with it. And that's so the, the communities will say, oh, black people are so bad. They're tearing up our city. They let it happen intentionally to keep us divided. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's the strategy. That is the strategy behind it. And they want to continue to keep black people in this victim mindset. They want to make it look like it's chaotic and they want white people mad at black people or, or you name it. So there's strategy behind all of this. It's working. Everybody's mad at everybody. So whatever right. they're doing, they're they're being successful and we need to be the counterbalance to that. So we have to bring the truth to 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 the to the darkness here. I mean, we have to bring the light to darkness um, because this is what's happening. This is the evil intent. This is it's pure evil that 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 we're up against. That's that's what we're up against is is these spiritual evils. And, and we have got to continue to be bold and speak out against it. And, and love people. But but loving people doesn't mean we necessarily have to agree with them. People think, oh, you're such a bigot or a racist if you disagree with me. Well, it's just like having children. I mean, you have children. They, they probably eat candy all day long every day. They would if I didn't stop them. That's right. But why do you do that? Because you can see the end goal. You know that they'll be 100 pounds overweight in a couple of years if you let them eat candy all day. But it doesn't mean you don't love your kids. You're you're stopping them from eating candy all day long because you actually love them. And so that's that's the kind of mindset that I have going into this is yep. we have to see the the end game here and we have we have to steer the ship back in the right direction. We're doing it out of love um, because we want people unified, not not divided. And uh, and, and I believe I believe we'll do that. I really do. Okay. I think we're seeing a revival happen in America right now. People are waking up to this. They're seeing the chaos. They're hopeless. They 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 know something's wrong. They just don't know what necessarily. They can't put their finger on it. But but it's giving us opportunities to have these conversations every day. Next week, my campaign is actually holding a worship and prayer night at my home church because healthcare workers were just like, you know, we're being terminated. We don't know what to do. We're losing our yeah. paycheck. Can can we just have a worship and prayer night? And that's that's different for a campaign to do. But if you're if there's no heart change. Right. There's not. I'm. I'm not going to be able to change your politics. Yep. Your politics will follow your theology at the end of the day. So I'm here just to plant a seed. I'm not here to change your politics. You know, I'm planting the seed. I'm bringing truth to light, and, and you have to decide for yourself. You know, if, if you're going to 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 want to believe truth or not. That's right. Okay. So listen, we're about out of time. I'm really glad that you came on and we're able to explain and unpack all that. I can. I, I can see the wheels turning like, you know, the businessman thought going into everything that you're saying. Uh, it's a it's a, a comforting approach uh, to my mind. It, it's it's something that we, we don't hear enough of. Uh, I'm going to give you the last word. I want you to tell us about what district you're in, like what sections of your city and the district number so that if people are looking for you. But I'm going to leave you with a quotation for contemplation here. Uh, it's by a guy named Fletcher. Nebel, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he said this, statesmanship is harder than politics. Politics is the art of getting along with people, whereas statesmanship is the art of getting along with politicians. Mm. <laughs> Good. Well, I appreciate you giving me the platform to talk today. You can you can keep watch on, on my campaign. It's votetylerlee.com. 
That was my next question was how do people get a hold of you? Vote we'll Tyler make, Lee. make the an announcement. You know, certainly we want to flip the house in 2022 and, and our campaigns run on volunteers and supporters. So if you can, if you can donate and contribute, we, we want to ensure that our children and their children, future generations living in America that we've, we've lived in, that we enjoy the freedoms and they enjoy the freedoms that that we've had. So if you can contribute, it's votetylerlee.com. I'd greatly appreciate it. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on the program a second time. And if you did not hear Tyler, uh, his backstory about, you know, the businesses that he was involved in and uh, how he did what he did uh, up to this point, go back one episode and you will be able to hear that as well. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you.